Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! What is up? What is happening? We are back again for another week. And this week is going to be a doozy. A 14-game slate. Biggest of the year. Just wait till next week when it's a 15-game slate. But <laughs> regardless of that, it is week 17. A few more weeks away from the NFL playoffs. So, but this week is, is what I've been looking through pricing. One, I think on DraftKings, I think pricing is a little bit soft across the board. I also think – I don't know how much chalk there's actually going to be because there's so many options. I think it kind of levels out the playing field a little bit in terms of ownership. Uh, I just can't imagine so many people are – you know, you're going to see a ton of just really high-owned guys, which I think is a good thing. Um, because, I mean, I think guys like – you know, just immediately what stood out to me off the top of my head, you know, Antonio Brown at 6,100 is incredibly too cheap for him, especially in the 15 targets he saw last week. Amon Ross St. Brown and his – 12 targets a week he continues to see, and he's only 6K. But regardless of that, Maddie, how you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, I completely agree. This, uh, this, These big slates, we tend to have uh, ownership a bit more spread out, so it's definitely not as much of worrying about fading guys as it is locking in on the plays that you think have the most upside. And I know we, we try to do that you know, every week, but uh, this week more so – uh then what we usually say you won't hear us say you know just be different try to be different try to be different this week is more of with 14 games it's more of player guys uh and ownership should be flat enough that it shouldn't really matter yeah and i I think for this week there's kind of two games that i think that really stand out to me uh in terms of games that i think most people are going to get a target and that's the chiefs Bengals and the cowboys and cardinals games those are the two two two, only two games uh at least last look that were above had a 50 uh, above a 50 total and so um i think that's where most of the ownership is going to come in but i think there's a lot of other uh, ways you can get a little bit different i think there's some of these games that i i want to attack certain sides of the game um and then, you know, there is, I will say this, there is some weather concerns for some of these games this week as well. The Atlanta-Buffalo game, it looks like there is going to be a possibility of snow for that game. So that could, uh, you know, change a little bit. But I didn't see anything with, like, major wind concern, which is a positive. Yeah, so uh, it looks like Chicago, the Chicago game, uh, it's got 15 to 20 mile an hour winds, which we weren't going to play offenses from there anyways, but that's worth noting for the Bears' defense. Uh, facing the Giants. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, th- you've got Buffalo, 10 to 15 miles an hour doesn't do anything for me. The Tennessee-Miami game, 10 to 15 doesn't do anything for me. Uh, so, yeah, it's the Kansas City-Cincinnati game, 10 to 15 doesn't do anything for me. It's really mainly that Giants and Chicago game that's got the worst weather, uh, and that one is 
somewhere we're not going to really play offensive pieces any anyways outside of David Montgomery. So, uh, and the defense. So, uh, yeah, I don't, if, if people start talking about weather, just ignore it. It's, I mean, you really only adjust your expectations for passing games uh, and kicking and all that when winds get up sustained over 15 miles an hour, that's when it starts to, you know, have an effect. Uh, and it does have an effect. I mean, we saw that, that, what was it, that Buffalo Patriots game a couple weeks ago where Mac Jones threw the ball three times. So uh, the wind, wind does have an effect. Uh, so that is the big thing to look at, but really only one game this week that has that uh, 15 plus mile an hour sustained threshold. And that's the Chicago game, which like I said, Montgomery's really only play from there. I, I would agree. Um, well, let's just go ahead and uh, jump right into this because uh, with all of these different options, uh, I think it's going to take a little bit longer than normal. Uh, I don't know if it's as straightforward as usual. So we go as always game by game, uh, not uh, or not excuse me, not game by game, play uh, position by position. So let's kick things off at the quarterback position, like always. Starting things off, Josh Allen at 8K, Patrick Mahomes at 7,800, Tom Brady at 7,600, Kyler Murray at 7,300, Matt Stafford at 7,100. A very, very extremely questionable, I don't know if he's going to play, Lamar Jackson at 7K, Joe Burrow, 6,900, Joe Hurt. Joe. Justin Herbert at 6,800, Dak Prescott 6,700, Jalen Hurts at 6,600, Russell Wilson at 6,200, Taysom Hill at 6K, and that is the list for the 6K and above quarterbacks. So where are we starting at this week, Maddie? Uh, well, if Jimmy Garoppolo is out, uh, you got to go all the way down to $4,800 Trey Lance uh, against Houston, and he becomes very, very interesting. Uh, my concern, and I hate to say I have a concern with a $4,800 running quarterback, but my concern is if a lot, especially if Elijah Mitchell plays, like these running backs can just take over and take all the touchdowns. But at the same time, Trey Lance is a, you know, that Josh Allen, Cam Newton goal line style running, running back from the quarterback position once they get down and close. Uh, so, I mean, he himself can, can run, run for two touchdowns and he's 4,800. Uh, and he gets the passing stats on top of that. Um, I don't. I haven't decided what I'm going to do with Trey Lance just yet because there are guys up at the top that I do want to play. And you know, I was watching you guys' uh, y'all's uh, show last night. Shout out Walido. Uh, good to see him join you guys on that. But uh, there was a lot of uh, questions coming up. It was a lot of Burrow Brady uh, questions that I felt like you guys got, and it seems like there's recency bias checking in on Tom Brady uh, this week because everybody wants to bench him and everybody wants to play Burrow in their season long leagues. And I, I feel like that's going to trickle over to DFS, uh, especially with his $7,600 price tag on DraftKings. He's the third highest QB. Um, but what we've known with Brady in Tampa Bay is he's, he's been all or nothing really on a week to week basis. Like he will score you 35 to 40 points, or he's going to get you 16 to 20. He really hasn't had those in-between games. It's been a, we are going to attack you with Tom Brady this week, or we're not. We're, we're going to run the ball. Uh, and while they can run the ball against the Jets, I just feel like this is a Tom Brady week. I mean, he's still in the MVP conversation. Uh, he's got a couple incentives uh, with passing touchdowns and passing yardage that he's going to try to get to. Not that he needs it, but 
Uh, he's also got some incentives for AB uh, on the way. And Mike Evans also needs a couple touchdowns uh, for some incentives. So it, it's just a matchup with the Jets where you really can do whatever you want against them. You can throw the ball. You can run the ball. And if the if Tampa Bay says that we want to come out here and we want to let Tom Brady throw for, for 400 yards and five touchdowns, he absolutely will do that. So while, yes, I do agree Ronald Jones can have a monster game here and he absolutely can run for 125 yards and two scores uh, or three scores for that matter. But at the same time, if Tampa, if Tampa Bay goes out and scores 45 points, Tom Brady's throwing for four or five touchdowns. They're not going to run for, for all those touchdowns. So uh, in a week where I think nobody's going to pay up for Brady uh, against the Jets, I, uh, I have interest there. I mean, he's got... Uh, he scored 33 against Buffalo, 33 against Atlanta. Like Atlanta, it, it, it feels like it's such a similar matchup, right? Like nobody pegs Atlanta to keep pace with Tampa Bay on the other side. It's a game they won 30 to 17. Brady threw for 368 and four. Uh, you scroll down earlier this year, 31 against New Orleans, 41 against Miami in a game they won 45 to 17. Uh, so another divisional matchup there. Uh, another game against Atlanta, they won 48 to 25. He scored 31. Uh, so, I mean, it, it really is like when Tampa Bay doesn't take their foot off the gas, uh, they they continue to pile on points. And with the Godwin being out for the year, too, and, and if Tampa Bay, you know, feels like they need to pass the ball to win games in the playoffs, what better matchup to get live game reps than in than, than against the New York Jets? So uh, I am very high on Tom Brady this week, and I'm not sure I'm going to get there to him, but he absolutely has a 40 point ceiling here against the jets. And uh, I think, you know, if, if everybody's going to play Trey Lance down at the bottom of the barrel, you know, paying up could be somewhat, somewhat different, especially if people are going to play Mahomes and uh, you know, Kyler Murray in that high total game. So I really do like Brady. Uh, Jalen hurts is the other guy that I'm considering at 6,600 against Washington. Uh, we saw hurts uh, had one of his biggest games of the year against them threw for 296 yards and a, and a touchdown uh, and ran for two touchdowns against Washington only two weeks ago. Uh, checked in with 30 DraftKings points, which is his third highest score of the year. So definitely think Jalen Hurts is interesting to save that 1K salary off of Brady. Uh, 6,600 isn't breaking the bank for him and is a guy that's going to continue to run the ball. And especially if Jordan Howard's out, right? They're already going to be without Miles Sanders. Uh and so if it's just Boston Scott and, and Ken, Kenny Gainwell is dealing with an injury himself too. Uh, so that's even more rushing equity that Jalen Hurts gets at the goal line. And they may have to throw the ball a little bit more against a pass funnel Washington defense. So I think Jalen Hurts is the other guy uh, that I'm going to have heavy interest in. So it's really, really a three-headed monster for me at QB this week. Tom Brady up at the top, Jalen Hurts in the middle, and Trey Lance down at the bottom. Just the disrespect for Matt Stafford. Just the disrespect. I no, I know, I know. I, I will have Rams pass catchers absolutely one hundred percent. There's just something about that game that that kind of concerns me. Uh, the Rams have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The tenth highest total this week. The Rams have. They're outdoors at Baltimore, traveling west to east. The total is 46 and a half. I don't know. I it, I love Stafford. I played him last week and he shit the bed, but and this isn't recency bias. I just I don't know. 
and that Baltimore secondary is horrible. I mean, we just saw Burrow just go for 500 yards and how many touchdowns against them. So it's definitely not a matchup thing. It's it's just uh, I don't know. He's definitely in play. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know that I'm going to end up there. So I think with Stafford, I think if I'm uh, if I have a Ram stack, I don't think I'm going to have Cooper Cup in it. Um, one, I mean, we've seen it bet up. I mean, it opened at a forty-two and a half. It's up to a forty-six and a half. Uh, it and then it also weirdly that's the Rams. Pro- that's probably from the the QB news that Huntley's going to play instead of Josh Johnson. I would think. And then the well, no, I mean the the the, the Ravens opened as favorites in this game. Interesting. Uh, they were three and a, they were three point favorites, and obviously, uh, and the uh, Rams applied point total was nineteen point seven five, and now they're up to a twenty five and a half. Why they were open so low, I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, I mean, hell, weird. the Panthers had a higher implied point total opening <laughs> than what the yeah. Rams did. I don't, I don't get it, but it is up to a twenty five and a half. Um, you know, the game's up to a 46 and a half. And I think this game with Huntley, I think this game has some some real shootout potential here. We know the, the Rams secondary is absolutely uh, terrible. And even though I think they are getting a couple of pieces back, but there's still nothing what they were. Um, And, and so I just think with Stafford at 7,100, but I'm, if I do, I'm not, I'm not going to like, I'm going to probably have zero Cooper cup this week. Zero at 9,500. He has to absolutely smash right and on this big of a slate with this many options there are going to be people that there are going to be players that are much cheaper than him that are going to they're going to be in the same uh same realm as him right be able to put up the same points okay and paying 9500 for him it is going to make your lineup very uh you're not gonna be very unique a lot of people are gonna have to run the same build and go to the same strategy i mean trey lance cooper cup Yes, and I, I am not about that life. And so I think, actually, I think Odell Beckham makes oh, for a great that. stacking partner I with him. I love that. Since, he's been, since he has been with the Rams, I think he's like wide receiver 14 since that time. Uh, he's been a, almost a borderline wide receiver one. He's substantially cheaper. And so I think I think I would just rather do that than paying all the way up for Cooper Cup. You know, and if you just want to play one-offs, I think that's fine too. But I think Stafford against this, uh, you know, against this pass funnel offense – or defense, excuse me, for the for the Ravens. I mean, they're seventy one hundred dollars. At seventy one hundred dollars, I, I don't mind that he's cheaper. And people don't. I, I don't think he's going to come up with that much ownership. I think people are just going to play Cup or they're going to play Sony Michelle. And I don't think Sony Michelle's a great play, uh, that great of a play, especially if he's going to be a little bit chalky. Because the Rams, the the one thing the Ravens do do is do a very good job against the run. I mean, even last week, Joe Mixon, he put up a lot of yeah. points, but that came on like a fifty yard reception that he had that for a touchdown. But he only, I think, he ran what 18, 19 times for only sixty five yards. Like he didn't do yeah, a lot. You, on the, it wasn't you, on the ground. You can't really run on Baltimore. It's their defense is is. I mean, honestly, because of the corner, the cornerback personnel they have you know, when they started the year and what they've had over the last couple of years, they're built, you know, to, to pressure the QB and trust their cornerbacks to to have success on the outside. And with all the injuries, I mean, they're still just playing the same style of defense. And, you know, we targeted MVS two weeks ago when Green Bay played uh, because you, you attack, you know, these deep shot wide receivers against Baltimore. Uh, so that's MVS. And since OBJ has come in uh, to the Rams, he – uh, Van Jefferson has kind of taken the, the Robert Woods role and taken the very short targets and, you know, been the possession guy and, and OBJ has seen the deep targets down the field. So, uh, yeah, I I'm with you hundred percent. If, if, even if you're, you know, 
not stacking with Stafford. I, I love OBJ this week, which we can talk about uh, when we get to wide receiver. But um, yeah, I, I see that. And that's kind of why I don't am probably not going to end up on Stafford. Cause I, I feel like if you play Stafford, you kind of have to play cup because the only way Stafford throws four touchdowns if he, is if Cup catches two. Um, I mean, unless, you know, one goes to Higby and two go to OBJ and, you know, one goes to Van Jefferson. I guess that's possible. But, I mean, the likelihood of that happening is, is slim. Um, so if you're getting a ceiling game from Stafford, I just feel like, you know, it would be Cup and one of the wide receivers, whether it's Van or, or OBJ. Um yeah, but I feel like I feel like a lot of what people talk about, like, oh, I can get exposure through Stafford through playing player A, right? But I think you can get exposure through Cup through playing Stafford, right? Like, it's fine for a Cup can go out and have eight for for one twenty and a score, right? And good game. Yeah, he can get you upper twenties and, and not that, sink that, you that, if that you don't play. That means nothing that he's going to that 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 like that's not enough for him. At he needs thirty five. He needs thirty five. Yes, yes, thirty five to forty for yes. for you to if you don't play him. He needs 35 to 40 for you to be like, oh shit, I don't have Cooper Cup. If he scores 28 and you don't and you don't have Cup, you're 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 chilling. Right. That's and that's how I feel about it. So I don't know. I, I just I, I I do like Stafford uh, a fair amount at 7100. I, I will say this uh, this year. Uh, it feels like almost every single time the games that everybody thinks are like the smash spots that you have to have all the exposure to don't pan out. And there's something about this Chiefs Bengals game and really this Arizona Dallas game that just kind of worries me a little bit. More so the Chiefs game. Because one, the Chiefs, the, the, the Chiefs situation can get weird because you know Patrick Holmes will will spread the ball around and you can get some Michael Burton touchdowns and some Derek Gore touchdowns. And Byron just some Pringle double things that, Yes, that happens. Which we were all about Byron Pringle last week. That was the guy that we wanted, and he he went off uh two touchdowns. And so, but at 7,800. I'm going to obviously have some chief stacks. It's just I don't. I don't anytime the Chiefs are on the on the board, you, you got to play them. I think I would prefer uh, stacking them with with Tyreek this week uh, than Kelsey. I'm a little concerned because we've seen even last week. You know, we found out after the game, of course, this information would be handy to have after before the game, but they're never going to tell us this. That Tyreek Hill was c- completely exhausted during that game, and he said that COVID really really took a, had an effect on. Him. That's why he only had two targets, he only played 42 percent of snaps. I am somewhat concerned. The same thing with Kelsey this week with him coming off COVID and everything. Right. Um, and, and so th- that would be my only concern with, with Kelsey, especially as expensive as, as he is. But so I'm going to go there, but the other one, I mean, if Huntley, I want Huntley to play because Huntley's only $5,600. He was what up to like 6,500, I believe. Whether he got, when he got last week. Yeah. When he got put on COVID before he got put on COVID, he, when his pricing came out, he was 6,500 and then he was out due to COVID. But now he's back down to 5,600, and he's played really well. Like, the Packers' defense is really good, and he dropped 35 DK points against them. And, you know, obviously it's good for uh, Mark Andrews as well, uh, his favorite target. But he's shown that he could be a competent passer, right? And he's great on the ground. 73 rushing yards the last time that he played against Green Bay. Uh, you know, 215 passing yards, two touchdowns in that game, 35 and a half. I mean, and, every, and then the three plays, the three games that he has started – 40 yards rushing, 45 yards rushing, and 73 at 5,600 is too tough to pass up. Yeah, I agree. I, if I, if you love that game, I almost prefer Huntley to to Stafford and just double dip the, the Rams wide receivers with Huntley on the other side. Because, I mean, if Stafford's throwing for a bunch, 
And that, that likely means that Huntley is probably keeping pace on the other side. And he's $1,500 cheaper with rushing ability. <laughs> that that is the truth that is the truth um i guess so are, are you not playing because like man when, when you see atlanta on the other side with josh allen you're like that is an absolute smash spot an offense that it will throw the ball it will uh they don't care whether they're up by 40 or not they're going to keep throwing the ball so they do they don't run the ball uh nearly as much although i will say it is about good to see Devin singletary to get more involved but he is kind of the, the you know but regardless of that is the weather to take you off Josh Allen, or at least what the weather's looking like with snow and everything else? No, it's Tom Brady that's taking me off Josh Allen. If I like, if I'm picking between the two at the top, I, I'm I'm taking Brady this week. I just, d- dude, it's just one of those things where it's like we get these Brady weeks where it's five touchdowns, and you're like, man, why didn't I just play Brady against this horrible defense? Like everybody, everybody's gonna play Rojo everybody and we've seen this before where brady's chalk fournette's not fournette goes for four touchdowns fournette's chalk brady's not brady throws for four touchdowns like and i just feel like with rojo gonna be so popular this week brady and the pass catchers might like unless you're one-offing antonio brown uh brady evans gronk ab there i just think the whole stack is gonna be overlooked and that's just that's the reason why i'm not playing josh allen not, not anything. To, not a knock on Josh Allen at all. And you can play Josh Allen for all the same reasons that I like Tom Brady, right? I mean, a team that's favored by a lot uh, and one of the highest uh, totals on the slate. I mean, you got Tampa Bay is the highest, twenty nine point five, and Buffalo's second highest at twenty nine point two five. So, I mean, you're splitting hairs here, really. Uh, yeah, you you can play Josh Allen. Well, <clears throat> last but not least. Let's talk about this Dallas game really quick before we move over to running backs. Kyler Murray and Dak. Which one would you prefer if, if you're going to play one? And are you going to have any exposure at all? Uh, I, I'm not going to play either passing attack uh, here. I mean, Arizona's pass defense has been actually really good uh, this year. And you can run the ball in Arizona. And Dallas will run the ball when they're able, when they're, you know, the opponent gives them the ability to. And I know Zeke has not been very good, but I mean, both him and Pollard mixed in, like they will run those guys 35 times if, if they absolutely have to. And this, this Arizona passing attack ever since DeAndre Hopkins went down has really just flowed through Zach Ertz. And I mean, that doesn't really scream upside to me. And these wide receivers, like, I mean, last week, these last two weeks, really, I mean, they lost to Detroit. And then last week they looked absolutely horrible as well. So, um, I mean, it took some late, late magic from Kyler to, to really, you know, have a decent game, you know, from a fantasy perspective last week. But, uh, yeah, I am just kind of off that game in general. Like everybody's priced up and it is the highest total of the week. Um, but it's like, I just feel like both offenses spread the ball around so much uh, that no one guy is going to pay off his salary. So I actually really like the Kyler Murray side here uh, at 7,300. I think he's going to be very low owned. I think he has a 40 point ups, uh, 40 point ceiling. And I, I think with his rushing upside, we saw him last week, really, you know, the last couple of weeks really start using that, utilizing that again, um, which is, which is huge for him. He's only 7,300. Um, 
Dallas can be had through the air. I will agree that their their passing offense hasn't looked as good without um, without uh, DeAndre Hopkins back there. But I feel like they have enough with Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz, AJ Green, Rondell Moore. Sounds like he should be back this week. He was out last week against uh, Indy. Uh, both of them, uh, him and James Conner, returned to practice today. Um, but I like Kyler Murray, and I uh, like I like going the opposite side here. I think people are going to want to play Dak, especially coming off that huge performance he just had, 35 DK points last week. And I like the Kyler Murray side. And I think people are going to feel the same way you feel about this passing offense. And I think Kyler Murray could you know be in store for a 30-plus point game. And I don't think he's going to carry any ownership whatsoever. And I think it's it, he's a very easy player to stack because the, his passing options are are cheap and aren't going to take a lot to get there. Christian Kirk, fifty eight hundred, you know, I think is the most expensive pass catcher he has, and so I think it's a cheap stack, you know. And if, even if you wanted to, because sometimes you know they do really uh, spread the ball around here. I mean, hell, I played I was an Antoine Les- or Wesley uh, uh, last week, and they, <laughs> the two game slate uh, almost paid off, but. Um, you know, even playing him naked, I think, is an option because of his his his, uh, his his rushing upside. Yeah, I just the twelve points against Detroit, sixteen points against Indy. I mean, those two defenses are worse than Dallas's defense, uh, and Dallas is going to get a lot of pressure on Kyler, which he can struggle under pressure if he's not able to get outside the pocket and run. Um, which I'm guessing Dallas will have a plan for that probably involves Micah Parsons uh, chasing him around. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, he did have, you know, 74 rush yards last week, but I mean, he's only had four attempts in the last two weeks as well, like each four attempts each. So it's like, we just haven't seen the high volume. Like he has one, one week this year of 10 attempts and everything else is seven or lower. Uh, and his, his yardage totals have been low this year. He's only got three over 50, which last year he was much more than that. So I don't know. Kyler's been a full, full-fledged passing QB this year, and I just feel like if he's going to sit in the pocket against Dallas, that's not. I just don't think that's how you he can beat Dallas this week. And I don't know that game. That game to me just it just feels like it's a weird, trappy game. I did. I think it's a game that the Cowboys just get absolutely wrecked. It's absolutely wrecked. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I would love to see it actually to be honest with you but uh you know i forgot we have a cowboys fan in here yeah anybody else any other quarterbacks you want to yeah you want to uh speak upon you know i, I do think russell wilson at 62 man like every week russell wilson is so cheap but every week i'm like man russell wilson is 6200 dollars, and most every week we'd be like smash play russ wilson against detroit you know how could this go wrong what Absolutely. you do, what you do is play them on the afternoon slate, where there's less options. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's it, what it, I did last week, and he, he still sucked. But he's like he. Just, and I also I didn't know it was a freaking uh, snowball last week either. I didn't know it was supposed to snow in Seattle, and then I turned on red zone, and uh, there it is showing kickoff, and they're in a freaking blizzard, and I'm like, oh great, yeah, my my rust passing stacks would just look wonderful right now on the afternoon slate. Well, and he hasn't he hasn't scored twenty more than twenty DK points since week four. Yeah, I, I'm I'm out on Russ. He's so cheap though. It is like is. it's like like I feel like you just I just I would just prefer you probably just better off just playing some of the pass catchers, whether it's Tyler Lockett or or DK Metcalf, you know, and and hope for the best or Rashad Penny. But we'll get to that. We we'll get to running backs. But uh, 
it's just tough saying for Russell Wilson at 6,200 and not having any interest in him whatsoever. And then Joe Burrow, no thanks. I'm out. I'm out. People, people are going to be chasing last week's performance. Yep. And try to talk themselves into it. And I think there's a high probability that the Chiefs just smack the shit out of the Bengals. I I don't disagree. Like Kansas City's defense has been very good ever since they benched Sorensen. And it's like it's a, it's just a, that that game in the Dallas game, they just they're the highest totals on the slate, but they just feel trappy to me. Like yeah, so that's that's, that's kind of what I'm what I'm trying what I was trying to say earlier about it. Yeah, uh, with is like these games, these games, everyone's going to want to play, and everyone's going to want to attack, and then so far off and then not, they end up not coming through, and then they don't turn out the way people think, and then you know I, I think you can get some pretty good leverage off that with it. I agree. So I don't know. I I just like like. I don't know something about this with Joe Burrow. I, I I just do not love the Chiefs. The Chiefs' defense has had one of the most craziest turnarounds I've ever seen from just the bare minimum booty ass defense that they oh, were. They were they were the worst defense in the NFL. I mean, what was it? Who did they play Week One? And we watched that game, and we were like, "Oh my god!" It was uh, it was Cleveland. Yes. Cleveland and Baltimore back-to-back weeks. I mean, really, honestly, the first five five games of the year, they gave up 29 to Cleveland, 36 to Baltimore, 30 to the Chargers, 30 to Philly, and 38 to Buffalo, weeks one through five. And then since 27. Then, and since 27. then, they gave up 13 to Washington, to 27 to Tennessee, 17 to the Giants, 7 to Green Bay, 14 to Las Vegas, 9 to Dallas, 9 to Denver, 9 to Vegas, 28 to the Chargers, and 10 to Pittsburgh. Like, it is – it has gone from the worst defense in the NFL to one of the best. And I, I, I just, that game just feels trappy to me. And then the, uh, the Chargers game that were the last Chargers game, they didn't have Chris Jones uh, or Willie Gay yep. in that game. And Chris Jones, yep. obviously, that's a huge, that's a huge piece for them that's not big. to have. So anyways, I, I can't do it. I will have no Joe Burrow. I will not be chasing last week's performance uh, for me. So other than that, I think that's really all I've talked about. You know, if Trey Lance does play, at 4,800, it's really hard not to have some interest in him, uh, even though he did not look good whatsoever uh, the last time that uh, we saw him take the field. But, um, you know, he's getting all the first-team reps. Jimmy Garoppolo says he's going to try to play. A game against Houston, you know, and I know I know we saw last week that they beat the, the Chargers, which was just typical Chargers. But, um, but – I. I, I think that if I'm the 49ers, I probably like because how limited are you going to be with with that with that with that um, uh, with, with the hand injury that he has? You know, like how how effective is he going to be throwing the ball? You know, yeah, he's probably not going to be. Very and he effective. has no mobility whatsoever. He's an absolute statue back there. And so I I, I don't know. Like if it was me, like uh, I think I would go with Trey Lance. So if Trey Lance does play, I'm going to have some interest at 4800. I mean, it's it's hard not to. I mean, his last start against Arizona, he ran the ball 16 times for 89 yards. Uh, in his two starts, 20 or I don't even know if he – did he start that first week where he scored 21 DK points or did he come in uh, for Jimmy? I think that's when Jimmy got hurt and he came in for him mid-game. Uh, I believe that's correct, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, he threw for two touchdowns, ran seven times for 41 yards in a game he played half of. Uh, and scored 21 DK points and then 16 DK points in the game that he started against Arizona with 89 rush yards. So, I mean, it's so hard not to just play that guy, that kind of guy at 4,800. 
it's going to come down to what your what your build looks like with a top end QB versus what you like with with Trey Lance. To be honest, do you feel like do you feel like with a with a slate this long, big with fourteen games, that it's more imperative to game stack than it is anything? Or no, I think it's opposite. I think it's more imperative to game stack on the shorter slates uh, because if you get the one game that goes off in the short slate when everybody's trying to cherry pick then you, you have the nuts because everybody, you know, like think about Thanksgiving slate, right? Uh, when it's only three games, you know, everybody wants a piece of that early game. Everybody wants a piece of the 430 game and then have one or two guys from the late game too. But if you just stack up like that middle game and that's the one that goes nuclear, which it did, Vegas and Dallas, uh, you know, you win all the money on the short slates. Whereas, you know, you've got the 14 games, there's – when you have that many games, there's going to be more individual guys that hit ceilings across the board. Uh, so it's not as imperative to, you know, full five-man game stack a game. Uh, and, and that, to be honest, makes this slate even better to play Trey Lance because you don't have to pair anybody with him. He's You play him naked at 4,800 and you just play all the dudes that you want to play pretty much. Um, and so you don't really have to game stack, which which may be, honestly, the, the way that I end up going uh, this week considering, you know, despite having uh, 14 games on the slate, like you said, there's only two that are over uh, a 46 and a half total. The rest are 46 and a half and lower. So, I mean, we could see a lot of, you know, lower scoring games across the board where just individual guys are getting there uh, in like a 20, 24 to 21 type game uh, across some of these games. So, yeah, I think uh, you don't necessarily have to jam in a full full stack on a slate like this. Let's go ahead and jump over to the running backs, unless there's a quarterback that you want to talk about. No, I'm I'm good. All right, so let's let's, let's hit on some of these uh, running backs here. We have Jonathan Taylor, who's nine K, and <laughs> a great matchup against the Raiders. Then you have Austin Eckler, who is back. Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon. Zeke at 7,100. Uh, CPAT at 6,900. Damian Harris at 6,600. Uh, 6,500. David Montgomery. Javante Williams is 6,400. Ronald Jones at 6,300. Josh Jacobs at 6,200. Melvin Gordon at 6,200. James Conner, who returned to practice today at 6,100. Rashad Penny at 6,100. And Saquon Barkley and Elijah Mitchell both at 6K. So the, at the running back position this week, I think it's a little bit different, but I don't view it all that outside of the top couple of guys, and then it's a lot of guys in the upper, you know, in the upper seven, and then the six K range that I, I'm not sure how much interest I'm going to have because I think this five K range is absolutely loaded with options. But where, where are you coming in at? Yeah, so I agree. Especially, it sounds like DeAndre Swift's going to play, right? Because he practiced in full. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, I didn't see what his what his today practice looked like, but uh, Seattle gives up like the most receptions and receiving yards to running backs. I mean, that's just what their defense funnels to. Uh, so it's really, really hard not to like 6K DeAndre Swift. I was ready to play him last week against uh, – would they play Atlanta? Uh, whoever Detroit played last week. But I was ready to play him last week at like 1% ownership, and he ended up being uh, uh, inactive. So I am absolutely ready to pull the trigger on DeAndre Swift against Seattle, um, assuming he plays. And, and, and it all goes back to kind of what I said last week, too, is like 
this this Detroit team has no reason to play Swift if he's even remotely injured, right? I mean, two wins on the year. Uh, if he's sim, like they're not going to limit him, and and he gets there pretty much on. He doesn't need the twenty five touches that that the workhorse running backs get. He gets he he crushes on you know fifteen to seventeen touches, and that's because most of them come through the air. And and I think that's what we see here. Uh, you'll he's going to get high value touches, and he can house pretty much anything. So. Yeah, I have a ton of interest in Swift at 6K. And the other guy above 6K that I have heavy interest in is David Montgomery. We already mentioned that that's the nasty weather game of the week. Uh, The Giants are one of the worst rushing matchups or worst rushing defenses in the league, one of the best matchups. Uh, And Montgomery has been heavily utilized in the past game over the last four weeks, Uh, pretty much in, in correlation with Allen Robinson going down. But nine targets, six targets, seven targets, nine targets over the last four uh, his, his key has just been, if he can find the end zone, he gets you 20, 25 DraftKings points. I mean, he found the end zone in week 16, scored 24, found the end zone in week 13, scored 28, did not get, find the end zone in, in weeks 14 and 15 and got you about 15 points in those. So, uh, definitely has a great chance to score here against the giants. So I really like David Montgomery, uh, at 6,500, uh, already mentioned Swift. I, in my, in my, my blood, I, I just can't play a chalky Ronald Jones, but I mean, he's in a great spot too. I'm curious to hear what you're going to do with him at 6,300, but I'm assuming he's going to be one of the highest run running backs on the slate. Uh, and then you can talk me through this 5K range because there's some names here that have decent roles, but uh, I'm just not really, I guess, sold on on the volume and the matchup. Uh, so so kind of talk me through this 5K range and these guys that you're that you're looking at. Uh, down there. Yeah, I mean, I think there's quite a few options here. One with Ronald Jones, what worries me the most is one, he's Ronald Jones. Right. Um, I don't. I don't think Ronald Jones is particularly good. I know it's a great matchup against the Jets, and you know things are a little bit different. I mean, he did see he did uh, carry the ball twenty times last week, but only for sixty five yards. But I'm nervous because he does not get utilized at all in the passing game, and <clears throat> you know they do have other options. You know, Keyshawn Vaughn and as well as Le'Veon Bell are, are, are both there. And I don't I, know. I, like, was, I was listening to y'all show last night, and you said Bell got carries last week. Yeah, right? he had, yeah, two carries. I actually was surprised. I didn't think he was even active. I don't remember hearing anything that he was active, but he was, and he was active, and he got, yeah, two carries last week. Um, And I feel like he would be somebody that they would look to utilize as a pass-catching option. And mm-hmm. it was kind of surprising he was even active because they just added, they, he just got there. Yeah. Uh, and he was already active. And then we saw Keyshawn Vaughn, who – uh, you know, preseason, you know, and off-season hype uh, a couple of years ago, you know, get that 55-yard touchdown. But it just feels like there's so many ways this go wrong. I mean, the Patriots aren't a team that are just going to sit there and, and hand the ball to Ronald Jones 30 times and, yeah. oh, this is a match because the Jets are going to get a little bit of a lead and we're just going to turn around and hand the ball off to you. That's not the way they operate. I mean, they, they will continue to fire and, and throw the ball uh, regardless of how, how big their lead is. And so it just worries me that Ronald Jones, and he's 6,300, and there's so many options that are below him that are cheaper than he is. That are in just as good a spot. Like Rashad Penny is cheaper than he is, and um, you know this is an offense that wants to run the ball. That that you know their offense is is built around running the ball, and this is a great matchup against Detroit. Last week, Ronald Jones, or excuse me, Rashad Penny played fifty two percent of the snaps, seventeen carries. Uh, he was only targeted one time, but one hundred thirty five yards of a score. We've seen him now in two games against bad run defenses really be able to go off. Last week, and then you know, two weeks before that, when he played Houston, and he had another 136 yards and a couple scores in that game. 
And, you know, the Lions get a lot of the third most uh, DK points to running backs, the sixth most rushing yards, the fourth most rushing touchdowns on the year, and the 28th to run DVOA. So Rashad Penny is in an absolute smash spot. And it's tough because it's Rashad Penny. And you just hope that, you know, he stays healthy. But we've seen his ceiling, you know, two of the last three weeks, right? And and so for Rashad Penny, like, you know, the the upside's there, right? And then you you have another, you know, Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson's out. Cam Akers is supposed to come back, but I really, really would be surprised if they utilize him at all more than, you know, probably six, eight carries, something like that. That's probably it, right? So Sony Michelle, you know, over his last four weeks, is averaging 22 carries per game, 115 rushing yards per game, almost a touchdown per game, and about 16 DK points per game. Um, and he's also running routes. I mean, he's running 20 routes per game, and he's seeing about almost three targets per game. Now, the tough part with him is that Baltimore – uh, like I've said, they are really solid against the run. 13th fewest uh, DK points to running backs, fourth fewest rushing yards. But they have been had, you know, the 17th most rushing touchdowns. But they've been really beat through the air through through receiving uh, through running backs, sixth most rece- receiving yards, and the 12th most receiving touchdowns uh, through Baltimore. So I think uh, he's an option. But the one I, I really might like the most is probably Devin Singletary versus Atlanta, right? Since – the last three weeks, and this is against New England, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. Three pretty good run defenses, right? These aren't just, you know, just bad matchups that he's had here. These are really good run defenses. And he's played 82% of the snaps, seen about 13 carries per game, four and a half targets per game, 87.6 total yards per game. And he's, he's scored two touchdowns over that span. And he's seeing four receptions a game. I mean, he's seen 16 to 17 touches per game. And a great matchup against Atlanta. Atlanta's terrible against running backs. And he's getting all the work. 82% of the snaps over the last three over the last three games. I don't see why that changes here against Atlanta. Right? Like he's been the preferred pass catcher yeah. and he's seeing pass catching work. So I like Devin Singletary quite a bit uh, against this Atlanta um this Atlanta run defense. So I mean between all these running backs, and then you have guys like Daryl Daryl Williams, who the Chiefs have uh, shown much more of uh, propensity to uh, throw him the ball than they do Clyde Edwards-Elair. And now with Clyde Edwards-Elair looking like he's going to be out, he hasn't practiced yet. I guess there's still a chance he could come back. He's week to week with a bruised shoulder. But I don't see any reason why the Chiefs bring back Clyde Edwards-Elair. Uh, there's no, they don't really need him for anything. Um, so I think Daryl Williams probably gets the, all the touches here, or at least probably 60% of it because that's really what, what his role has been. But he's 5,800. I think he's in a great spot. I was praying that James Conner was going to be out because if he was, I was going to have a copious amount of Chase Edmonds at 5,700. Because I mean, he saw like played 92% of the routes, ran 73 or 90, 92% of the snaps, 73% of the routes last week without James Conner. Now it is a, a you know tougher matchup against Dallas. Dallas run defense has been pretty good, but I think he probably would have saw eight, nine targets just like he did last week. But now I think with James Conner looking like he might be uh, coming back, uh, who got in a limited practice today, we'll have to see how he does on Friday. That that lowers Chase Edmonds down a little bit for me. But, and then you have other guys here that are even a little bit cheaper. Uh, we'll have to see what's going on because if, if Jordan Howard misses this game, Boston Scott might be the only running back standing at $4,900 against Washington and a team that just wants to run the ball. Miles, Miles Sanders, we already know, is out. With the with the broken hand, and then um, you know Kenny Gainwell uh, is would be another option, but he's not gonna he, he Kenny Gainwell practiced in full today, 
so we'll, we'll see on that. And then Jordan Howard is, is still tending to the stinger that he saw uh, last week. That And this is something that he dealt with uh, in previous years. But so Boston Scott could really be the, the lead back here with Kenny Gainwell mixing in a little bit. Kenny Gainwell is not going to get, a, you know, um, a bunch of touches. So $4,900 Boston Scott could be very interesting. Yeah, if Howard's out, he's definitely in play. I agree. So we'll see. I mean, Jordan Howard, yeah, he got in a limited practice today. So we'll see on that. But those are kind of all the running backs to me in, in that in, in that 5K range that just that just really stand out to me. And then when you look at the top guys, like, I mean, Zeke doesn't really, like, do a whole lot for me at 7,100. No. I, just, I think he just has a kind of a limited ceiling there at 7,100. Cordero Patterson, they, they've stopped using Elijah as a pass catcher out of the backfield. I don't know why. It doesn't really make sense because, I don't know, I guess all of a sudden they want to make Mike Davis a thing again. Um, and so that hasn't happened. At 6,900, he's really tough to trust. Uh, I will not spend a single American dollar on $6,600 Damian Harris. I get it's against the Jaguars, but Ramondre Stevenson is coming back, and I think that's going to be a little bit of a problem for Damian Harris. And oh, so I, I will. I agree. Face. If he if he plays, I'm not playing Harris. Yeah, it changes if if Ramondre if, if Ramondre is uh, out for sure because uh, he's going to get all the touches. But yeah, so Harris Harris and Rojo are kind of in the same bucket for me because they don't catch passes. I mean, they're they're priced pretty much the same. Uh, I mean, them sitting at six k ish, they have to score 24 points to hit just to hit value because you're looking you're pretty much looking for four x that four x your 50 k salary gets you to to 200 points and and. That's when you're contending for taking down tournaments. But um, 24 points is pretty much what Harris needs to get you just to hit value. Uh, he needs to score in the 30s to ha- to be a had-to-have-it kind of score. And, I mean, to get to 24 points with no pass-catching work, that's pretty much 100 yards and two touchdowns. You get you 10 points for the rushing, three points for the bonus, and 12 points gets you uh, two touchdowns. So that puts you at 25. So, I mean, even if Harris runs for, you know, 100 yards and two touchdowns, he's just barely hitting what the value you need, you know, for you to be on pace with a, you know, kind of a tournament winning score. But it's still not a had to have it kind of score uh, at his price tag. So that's kind of why I'm going to be kind of out on Harris and Rojo. Uh, I mean, obviously, both of them can score three or or four touchdowns in these matchups. But, uh, you know, touchdowns tend to be random. And so I'm just going to kind of play, you know, the 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 other side of it and just say, you know, make these guys score these three or four touchdowns to burn me because they're not going to be involved in the past games. And, and we know that. Uh, so yeah. And it, it's just even amplified even more if, if Stevenson is active for new England. Uh, I mean, well, he's done. So Ramondre Stevenson was back at practice today. So yeah. He, so he's going to play. Yeah. Yes. So, so I, I'm out on Harris. I mean, he, he could very easily, you know, run for 95 yards and score zero touchdowns and you're stuck with nine, nine points. And 95 yards is a solid game on the ground. Like for sure. If he, oh, 100%. if he doesn't score you those touchdowns, which he's he's 100% relied on this year. Um I mean, he's got 12 of them. <laughs> so we've only seen one game. So he scored 31 points last week. He needed three touchdowns to do it. And his only other game over 20 points, he scored 28 back in week 7 uh, against the Jets. He ran for 106 yards and two scores. So it's pretty much, I mean, he pretty much doesn't really have a ceiling, especially with Stevenson active. So despite the great matchup, I'm going to be out. I 
Agree. Um, other than that, at running back, uh, I do think Eliza Mitchell, um, if he's active, uh, we've been waiting yeah. for him to come back for what feels like a month. Uh, you know, every week it's not that, you know, he kind of floats that carrot out, but he's actually been, has returned to practice. He's gotten limited practice on Wednesday and Thursday, which is trending in the right direction. Uh, if he's able to go, the only concern I would have with him coming back from injury like this and, you know, how long it's taken him is do, is he going to get the same type of workload that he was seeing prior to, because prior to the injury, he was seeing 27, 27, 22 attempts. He started to finally get involved as a pass catcher as well. Five targets, five targets, three targets, you know. But I would be a somewhat a little – there's a little concern that maybe do they fix in Jeff Wilson a little bit more and not just, you know, bring him back and, you know, expect him to, you know, shoulder a load of, you know, 20, 20 25 touches again. I would be surprised at that. But this is an excellent matchup against Houston. We've seen uh, multiple running backs this year just absolutely smash this Houston defense on the ground. They've actually been much, much better through the air than they have been on the ground. Um, and so – Elijah Mitchell, though, still at 6K, I think is at least an interesting option. Yeah, definitely. And I guess the other concern for me would be Trey Lance uh, would be the vulture at the down at the goal line, possibly. But there's also, I guess, a case you can make for playing both of them for 10K and get every single touchdown that the 49ers score. And they have the uh, fifth highest total on the slate at 28 points. So I'm ne- not necessarily against that. Uh, but yeah, there, I mean, there's concern that they eat into each other's ceiling, but you can play both of them and you pretty much get a 10 K running back. That's going to score four touchdowns. Yeah. So, and Deandre Swift is an absolute smash. Oh, smash. I, I honestly play. think I'm going to just going to start my teams with Swift and Montgomery. Yeah. Swift at six K is ridiculous. That is way, way, too cheap, especially against Seattle. I mean, I mean, prior to, I mean, he was a guy that was up to about $7,300 prior to the injury and yeah. you're getting him at 6K. So it's just a terrific matchup. The only, well, I guess we'll talk about it. When we get over to there, over to the wide receiver. But yes, I, I think those are the guys that I'm, so for me, it's really going to be, and I, I'll probably have some Jonathan Taylor because I play more lineups to you and I'm not just going to have no Jonathan Taylor. I'm not trying to just, I'm not an idiot. Like, well, I know. Talk to, so talk to me. Because a lot of people are going to have to decide on Taylor and Cup. So what's uh? I mean, they're pretty much priced the same. So what? Sell me on why you would why you're playing Taylor instead of Cup. Um, because I think that with I think there's there's so with Taylor one. Um, I, I do think they're going to have Carson Wentz back. Uh, I, I do, I, I do I expect agree. that. And so that helps a lot because if they didn't have Carson Wentz, I don't know if I would have actually have as much interest. Because it makes them pretty one-dimensional. Because Sam Ellinger is an absolute bum, and so with Wentz, as long as he plays, he'll still have to clear. Uh, he'll have to do so on Saturday. But if he can clear, you know, we've seen Jonathan Taylor's ceiling this year. At you know, he can drop a, a you know, he had fifty-six and a fifty-six point four, you know, a game against against Buffalo, right? And the Raiders have not been very good against the run all year. They've actually been really good against the pass. And I think you see the, uh, the Colts really lean into that. And I think he's just almost guaranteed to see 30, you know, probably 25 to 30 touches in this backfield in this game, whether, whether with Carson Wentz. Right. And so with his incredible ceiling, it's, it's like, I'm not just going to not have any, and just same, I, I probably will have a little bit of, of, of Cooper cup as well. I'm not just going to full fade them, but I'm going to be well under the field. 
than them, right? Like I still think Jonathan Taylor is still tough to get to because he's 9K. I'm just not going to be at anywhere close to what everybody else says. I will probably just be well under the field as them. But the rest of the running backs that are up here, not named Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Austin Eckler, I, I guess he's a decent play, you know, but the, the Broncos run defense or their defense has been really good. We've seen this matchup before from him. He scored 21.9. Not bad. Not a terrible game for, for Austin Eckler, you know, but he's also 8,200. And so I think he needs more than if he only gets you 20 fantasy points. I'm not real happy about that. I, I don't think that's enough. That's going to get you to where you want to go. And so that's a tough matchup. Then you have Alvin Kamara, which is always tough. I mean, Taysom Hill sounds like he should be back this week, but I don't really know what his ceiling is. We haven't really seen a big ceiling from him. Uh, you know, we, well, I mean, that's what you expect. I mean, you know, Taysom Hill's a bum and he's like a tight end. And, you know, since they haven't had, uh, you know, the GOAT, Jameis, back there, hopefully uh, D-Bro's still in the chat. Uh, you know, we haven't seen the the ceiling from Kamara. And then, you know, the other guys that are there, it just, it just doesn't really strike much for me. And so that's why I just prefer paying down. I think David Montgomery's a, a great spot, like you mentioned. You know, I'm going to have a lot of – I'll have a lot of Rashad Penny. I'm going to play probably 70% DeAndre Swift. Yep. And then I'm going to mix in some of these other cheaper guys like Daryl Williams, like Sony Michelle, like like Devin Singletary are all going to be in my in my player pool of guys that I want I would much prefer to play. Uh, I just don't think any of the running backs, probably not named Jonathan Taylor, that are, that are going to kill me. Or that stand I, out, they're going to kill me. You know, anything can happen on any given week, of course. But there's nobody up there that's like, oh, man, if I fade this guy, this guy's going to kill me. Outside of maybe Jonathan Taylor is the only guy you can make a case for, I think. That really could hit that ceiling. I agree 100%. So I will definitely be living in that five, you know, the lower six to five K range. So that being said, let's jump over to wide receivers. Unless there's any other running backs you want to talk about. No, I'm good. We, we pretty much hit on, I think the, the bulk of the main guys. All right. So wide receiver, we already talked about Cooper cup at 8,500. You have Debo Samuel, 8,700. Can't do that either. Uh, $8,300, uh, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Dick, 7,900, Jamar Chase at 7,600, Keenan Allen, 7,500, AJ Brown, the GOAT, my man, my man, AJ Brown. Boy. Yeah, uh, Mr. Uh, Showdown winner himself, uh, $7,200, AJ Brown, CD Lamb at 7,100, uh, T Higgins at 6,900, uh, Mike Evans at 7K. T. Higgins at 6,900, Jalen Waddle at 6,700, Amari Cooper at 6,600, Hunter Renfro 6,500, DK Metcalf is 6,500, Tyler Lockett at 6,400, Devontae Smith 6,300, Terry McLaurin. I will not play any. I don't care if you paid me to do it at 6,200, Antonio Brown at 6,100, and then Brandon Cooks at 6K and Mike Williams at 6K. So, once again, if we're paying down at running back, who do you want to pay up for at wide receiver? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill uh well it's it's really really hard not to like cooper cup 
$9,500. I'm not sure I'm going to get there. I need to play around with my builds and, and see what kind of sacrifices I have to make elsewhere. Um, like I said, you're probably only comfortably getting there with a Trey Lance team, and that's going to be a very popular uh, duo. Unless, uh, actually, yeah. taking taking that back just a step, uh, I, I just pulled up ownerships while you were while you were talking, and it looks like Jonathan Taylor is coming in at twenty four percent with Cup at only fourteen percent. So it looks like you know the field they're going to have to choose, and right now they're siding with Taylor. So maybe the Lance Cup pairing isn't going to be as popular as we think it will be. So. Uh, that may be, you know, a, a good way to go. Uh, it, it looks like everybody wants to play Jonathan Taylor this week and, and for good reason, uh, all the, all the things you mentioned, but I mean, you just go through Cooper cups, game logs, uh, this year, he's got one game where he didn't have double digit targets. And in that game, he had nine, uh, and he has 14 touchdowns on the year. Uh, you know, he's chasing records, NFL records in, in pretty much every category, uh, and, and he is Stafford's go-to guy. And this Baltimore defense, we just saw what happened uh, with Joe Burrow last week. So it's really, really hard not to like Cooper Cup. And this Rams offense has, you know, they've been, uh, you know, kind of slow out of the gate each game. So it's not like they've been blowing teams out. I mean, you you go through Rams game logs and and they have one a lot of one possession wins, even, even against teams that, you know, they should be blowing out like, the Detroit game, uh, they, they beat Detroit 28 to 19 and, and Cup had his biggest game of the year scoring 41 points. So it, assuming Huntley can keep pace on the other side, which I think he can, uh, I think this game stays, you know, rather close pretty much the whole game. And uh, it's a pass funnel defense. And, and I just it's really hard not to like Cooper Cup. You're pretty much locking in 25 DraftKings points uh, by playing him. And I know at ninety five hundred dollars, you, you need that you know, 35 to 40 point ceiling, but he's got one, two, three, four, five, six games over 30 points and five games over 35 points this year in, in 15 tries, which is pretty absurd. So uh, there definitely is, you know, a, a reasonable chance that, that he hits that ceiling. And, and we've seen those bigger games uh, more so than we see, we've seen them out of Jonathan Taylor. So uh, we just mentioned, you know, all those, those cheaper running backs that we like. So, we can, you know, comfortably make a team where we fill in Cooper Cup uh, as our payup, as opposed to Jonathan Taylor. So I definitely like him. These other other guys at the top, I'm not really uh, going to be on. I don't want to play Debo at 8700 with Trey Lance at QB. Uh, I'm not going to play Tyreek at 8300 in a, you know seven days after he couldn't even play but a handful of snaps. Uh, Stephon Diggs is interesting. I'd like him more if the receivers were still out because uh, he saw 13 targets last week with. Uh, you know, Beasley out uh, and and Gabe Davis missing as well. Uh, 7,900, he's really not going to burn me if I don't play him with a fully healthy receiver room, which they're getting back Cole Beasley this week. Uh, they're getting back Gabe Davis. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is questionable, but that's not, a, I don't think that's enough for me to, you know, kind of lock digs into that, you know, 12 to 14 target range that, that he saw last week. Um, so I'm kind of off him. I love AJ Brown if he plays this week. I mean, he pretty much showed us last week why uh, he is the alpha there in Tennessee. Seventy-two hundred for a guy that can go over thirty TK points on any given slate uh, is a very fair price. Uh, Mike Evans, seven K. You know, oh, we mentioned at the at the top how much we like love Tom Brady and uh, Antonio Brown is currently checking in as the highest owned wide receiver on the slate uh, at thirty-seven percent. 
So if AB, you know, if AB doesn't get the touchdowns, it's likely Mike Evans and it's likely Rob Gronkowski that are catching them. Uh, and Evans absolutely can go for 100 yards and two scores here against the Jets. And I know he's still got that COVID tag next to his name, but he was out there at practice today. Uh, which, so I'm assuming, you know, they wouldn't let somebody that's still on the COVID list be out there practicing. So uh, I'm, a, I'm assuming that he's going to be good to go for this week. I guess, you know, there could be questions surrounding, you know, his conditioning, like the Tyreek situation uh, that we just had last week. Uh, and some of these other guys that have come back from having COVID and haven't seen a full complement of snaps. So that is a slight concern, but I mean, you have to have interest in him if you're playing Tom Brady. Um, outside of that, I mean, Devontae Smith is kind of interesting against Washington. Uh, I know it was Dallas Goddard that got the bulk of the the passing points against them last go around, but it absolutely could be uh, his turn this go around. And I mean, we've seen him, uh, three or four times clear into that, that 20, 20 to 25 point territory, which he would need at his price tag. So I definitely think he's interesting, but he's not, you know, somebody that I'm going to prioritize. Uh, Antonio Brown, 6,100. I mean, that, that pretty much speaks for itself. We, we said last week, you know, that, that he absolutely could get to 12 to 15 targets. And, and that's pretty much what he got uh, seeing 15 targets last week. Uh, Brady is going to look his way very early and very often if he's out there. He didn't practice today, which is, uh, you know, something to monitor. It could just be a, a regular maintenance day, but he did have that that injury uh, before he was suspended. So if it was a, you know, a flare up of the injury, that's definitely something worth uh, monitoring there. Um, and then we, we already talked about the Rams. I absolutely love OBJ at 5,700 uh, against this porous Rams pasty or this Baltimore pasty uh, that has been a pass funnel all year. And now they're playing without any of their cornerbacks. So OBJ is the deep threat uh, ever since he came over, and he is a guy that I'm going to prioritize this week. He's got, uh, I think, four touchdowns in, in, in his five Rams, Rams games uh, so far. So uh, definitely like OBJ at 5,700. And I don't hate Van Jefferson as well. Uh, he has seen consistent volume uh, even even since OBJ came over. Uh, you're looking at 9, 8, 3, 2, and 6 targets. So there are you know, a couple games in there that are – kind of low volume, but uh, he still has the ability to, he scored three touchdowns in those five games as well. So the ability to score is there. And, and like we said, this is a very, very good pass matchup uh, for the Rams against Baltimore. So uh, that's, you know, that's pretty much the 5K and up guys that I'm looking at. Who did I miss and and who is below that range that you're looking at? Well, I don't know if he said his name, but Jalen Waddle is 1,000% in play for me at $6,700. That is still just too cheap for the, the yep. targets that he's seeing. I mean, if you look at the last three games he's played, 10, 11, 12 targets. Yeah, we've seen a 31.7 and a 25.2 uh, DK point performances from him. And just $6,700 is just incredibly too cheap. Tennessee is a complete pass funnel. They are you know great against the run, terrible against the pass. And so... I, I love Jalen Waddle at $6,700. Um, I'm going to have a lot of him at, at, at the price tag that, that he's coming in at. I think this could be a little bit, you know, a little bit back and forth here in Tennessee. There is some concern, I believe, with the weather there. I don't think it's anything crazy, but um, that game could be a little bit sloppy, so we'll see on that. But if it's not anything too too crazy, I think Jalen Waddle makes for a ton of sense here. And I, I really like the – skinny stack of Jalen Waddle and A.J. Brown. Uh, I, I like yep. going there. I think those are the two that you could go with there, and like it makes that. the most sense. 
Um, in terms of you know Seattle pass catchers, I think I, I want one of these guys, sixty five hundred and sixty four hundred for their ceiling, especially Tyler Lockett. You know, we saw him just two weeks ago drop a thirty burger. You know, the deep, the deep threat here for Seattle. If they can get this run game going with Rashad Penny, you know, I think we could definitely see some play action with Tyler Lockett at 6,400. Um, I, I, I like him. And then, you know, I would love to be able to play Brandon Cooks, but again, you know, he's he's been kind of hit or miss, right? But I will say with Davis Mills, we have really seen him uh, just see an incredible amount of targets. And the two games Davis Mills has started, 10 targets, 11 targets in the last two weeks. And, you know, he is back this week coming off the COVID list. So that is also concerning, just like like you talked about with Tyreek, you know, coming off this COVID list, you know, how, what is his conditioning like? Did he have any issues? We heard with Allen Robinson, right? Uh, lost 10 pounds, uh, you know, due, due to COVID and everything else. Like, I don't know all this stuff. So he is a little bit risky, but the matchup is there. San Francisco isn't a defense you're really all that concerned with being able to pass the ball on. And then you have Amon Ross St. Brown was something that immediately stood out to me when I saw his price. Because over the last four weeks, he has seen almost 12 targets per game. He is averaging nine receptions per game, 85 receiving yards, almost a touchdown per game, and 22.4 PPR points over that span. He gets an excellent matchup against Ugo Amadi, 78% completion percentage, 102.8 passer rating allowed. The only the only thing is there, and I, I think you brought this up last week, and yep. I've seen some other people talk about it, yep. is the splits without DeAndre Swift. Yep. But I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, I don't know if that's really the problem, if that's really why it happened. Like, I, I, I know that's easy to, to, to call that, but, like, Jamal Williams is a more than capable pass catcher, and it's not like we've seen Jamal Williams all of a sudden, you know, get a ton of targets, right? Um, I think Amon Ross St. Brown, I, I can't imagine that they're all of a sudden going to be like, all right, DeAndre, so if you're back, now uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, we're only going to give you five targets a game. You know, that, that's how this is going to I just don't think that's going to happen as well as he's played and, and, and as, as – what he's been able to do. I don't think that he is going to see some huge reduction in targets, right? I think actually DeAndre Swift would take away from the other pass catcher, the other garbage ass pass catchers that they have there versus taking him away from Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, I guess I just don't think that I can comfortably pencil him in for the 11 to 12 targets he's seen over the last four weeks. I think we're looking at more of like eight to nine. Uh, with Swift coming back. And, I mean, he hasn't cracked 100 yards yet this year. So, I mean, he's he's pretty much been reception and touchdown driven. Like, over the last, last four weeks, those uh, he scored a touchdown in three of them. Uh, and the, the one week he didn't score a touchdown, he had eight catches for 73 yards on 12 targets, uh, for, which was good for 15 points. So, I mean – I don't know. He, he's going to have to get in the end zone. And he's going to have to catch eight to 10 passes because, I mean, he's not a deep threat. He's a very, very low A dot kind of guy. Uh, and just, I don't know. I just, I don't know that I can comfortably pencil him in for the 12 targets he's been seeing over the last four weeks. Um, I think it's going to end up more in the, the eight to nine range. And he's going to catch, you know, seven passes for 60 yards and maybe he scores and gets you to 19 points. Uh, I don't know. We'll just, I'm just going to take a wait and see approach with Swift coming back. What's his What's his ownership coming out? Because that's the one thing that I was the most curious about. Because that's what would that's what would deter me. Uh, he's he's not high actually. He's only coming in around five percent. He's like the yes, twelve highest yes. son. Slam him in, lock him. You can, in. You can play <laughs> him there. Yeah. 
Because that, that was my concern because as well as he's playing as cheap as he is, I felt like there was going to be a lot of people that would not that, – or that I feel like that his ownership – I thought his ownership would be at least in the 15, 15 to 17% range. And a matchup that you're not really worried about with Seattle. Like it's not like Seattle's pass defense really scares you. And so <laughs> the, the, with him, if it's only going to be 5%, uh, sheesh. Yeah, like, I, I think it's because he's priced right next to Antonio Brown. Everybody's going to click that Antonio Brown button before they play Amon Ra. And, and you can absolutely play both of them, but he's he's priced with guys like Brandon Cooks, Mike Williams, Antonio Brown, Terry McLaurin, Devontae Smith, Tyler Lockett. Uh, IU, I, mean, I think it's safe to say that he should be. I mean, he's been oh, absolutely, I, absolutely. He's, he's been excellent the last four weeks of the season. I mean, twenty five point eight, twenty three point five, twenty six. Yep. Like he is giving you all of that, you know. And an yep. only six k price tag, you know. If I knew he could, could keep his role from the last four weeks, I absolutely would have interest in him uh, at six k. I just I do have slight concern. If I was playing multiple teams, you know, I absolutely would get exposure to them. But me playing, you know, probably only going to play one one team like I normally do. Uh, I'm going to go with Swift as opposed to Amon Ra. I'm not playing double, two Lions. <laughs> Maybe the key is to stack the Lions. Stack the Lions. Interesting. <laughs> Golf, Swift, and uh, you will you will definitely be a unique team there. <laughs> all the monies, all the monies. That's the Millie Maker winner right there. Yikes. But I mean, he's also been uh, really good with yards after the catch. He's actually 18th yep. in the league in yards after the catch, 328. So um, I don't know. Well, well, I'm gonna. I have serious, serious interest in Amon Ross St. Brown if he's only gonna be five percent owned at, at at that price tag at 6K. Yeah, I think my final take on him is he's still going to have a good game. I just don't think it's a good enough game to burn me if I don't play him. Is where is kind of where I fall in uh, with my line of thinking on him. All right, and then so let's go down a little bit further with some of these other wide receivers. I think Christian Kirk is in a great spot at fifty eight hundred. He's seen he's seen you know almost on a regular basis now twenty plus percent target share in this offense without DeAndre Hopkins. I know Dallas is there, but one thing with Dallas, especially with Trayvon, is they are very very uh, boomer bust. They uh, especially with Trayvon Diggs, he's a ball hawk. Reminds me a lot of Marcus Peters, um, where he really tries to uh, you know. Um, you know, get those pick sixes and sometimes we'll jump routes and then he ends up getting burnt because of it. So I, but I do think Christian Kirk at 5,800 at a game that they're going to have to throw the ball. I do like that quite a bit. We already talked about Odell. I don't need to say anything else about him at $5,700 is incredibly too cheap for him as well. Some of the other wide receivers, like I have to, cause if one, if, if Manny Sanders is out who mispracticed again today um, on Thursday with that knee injury, Gabe Davis becomes pretty pretty enticing at 5K. Oh, absolutely. If Sanders misses, you, you have to like uh, – But I mean, not only Davis, but McKenzie too. Well, Cole Beasley's back, so I don't know how much that happens. Yeah, but they still rotate in. You know, it's pretty much a four-wide receiver rotation. Uh, so, like, when – when they're all healthy, it's Diggs, Sanders, Beasley, and Gabe Davis. Like Gabe Davis gets, he still gets you know a handful of targets and can catch catch touchdowns, and and even McKenzie still gets involved as the fifth guy uh, when they're all there. So I would expect if if Sanders were to be out, it'd be a four man, strictly a four man rotation, and McKenzie would be the fourth guy. Um, and he's what forty three hundred after his blow up last week. 
Yeah, that nobody. I mean, he blew up last week. Oh, for sure, eleven receptions. What, one hundred twenty-five yards and yeah. score? Yeah. So, and what? I'm curious. What are your thoughts on Michael Gallup at forty-eight hundred? Because that seems too cheap for him as well. I know he's the third. He's like the third or fourth option, but we've seen plenty of games here where he's seen nine, eight, ten targets. Um, this year, now the last couple of weeks, now I throw last week's game out the window because it was a game that they dominated the entire game, and you know, and really just out the gate, that game was absolutely over with, and only people that were probably playing showdown were still watching in the second half. Everybody else was just going to bed, or you're, I guess you're a Cowboys fan, um, which was a brutal thing to watch because I watched it because obviously I played showdown and I had to watch that entire thing, and I wanted to shoot myself in the face. Uh, that game was so boring, but the then you had the Giants. Right, uh, which is a game that they handled completely, pretty for the most part, twenty-one to six. They didn't have to throw the ball, but all the other games that have been close. I mean, you see nine, nine, eight targets for him, and so you know, ten targets before that, and so I think Michael Gallup at forty-eight hundred is actually a pretty interesting spot, and I don't think he's going to come in with 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 very much ownership either. And I think that he's somebody that that could get there, especially at the price. I actually really, really, really like that call. Uh, last year he had games of 29 points, 22 points and 33 points. So it only happened three times. Uh, but it, 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 he does, I mean, when you're playing a 4,800 guy, uh, you're, you're looking for somebody that does have a reasonable chance of hitting that ceiling. And he, he has that. I mean, he hit, hit a tournament winning ceiling three times last year at this price. Uh, and this year, if you look at his game logs, he only has one touchdown and he still has three games of double digit points. Uh, in one of those games, uh, he had five catches for 106 yards, uh, which got him to, to pretty much 19 points. So you throw a touchdown on there, you're looking at 25 points. Uh, and that would absolutely be a tournament winning score of $4,800. So if he catches a long touchdown, which is absolutely possible, and, and Dak finally looked back to, you know, the Dak we're, we're accustomed to last week, if Dak is going to throw for, you know, three or four touchdowns in the highest total game of the week, uh, he's we know he spreads the ball around. And Gallup is their deep shot guy. Gallup actually leads the team in in uh, air yards per game at 86, uh, just ahead of CeeDee Lamb, who gets 84, and Cooper gets 79. So uh, he's got the deepest A dot on the team of 12, 12 per, uh, leads the team in, in air yards per game, 28%. Uh, so, yeah, 4,800 for Michael Gallup in a game that's got the highest total of the week uh, is somebody I I absolutely love that call. <clears throat> especially when you look at some of these other 4k wide receivers that we have. And there's just, there's not a whole lot that stands Gross. out to me, Yeah, you know, in terms of just two, uh, you know, certain guys you could play. So I, I just, it, it, as I was kind of looking at initial uh, pricing and everything, it's something that really stood out to me at his price tag at 4,800. And I think he has a real, a, you know, a decent ceiling uh, compared to his, what his price is. So I agree. And, and before the, before the season's over, I think we do see a Gallup, you know, 25 plus point game. And everybody's going to be like, well, why didn't I just play this guy who's getting deep shots from Dak Prescott on the best off, one of the best offenses in the NFL at $4,800, right? So it's like eventually these deep shots are going to hit for a touchdown. And you just – if you're just playing probabilities that if they're going to happen and they haven't happened yet, just play them. And, you know, you'll be on the right side of variance. And then after it happens, everybody's going to say, oh, well, it just happened. It can happen again. And you're going to say, well, now I'm not going to play him because – the odds tell me, you know, that, that he can't repeat that again. So 
uh, yeah, I know. I love the call. Get on it before it happens. And, and you know, Michael, it, I guess we're going to dub this Michael Gallup week. Let's go. <laughs> um, all right. So before we jump over to tight ends, are there any cheap wide receivers that, that you have any interest in? And, in, uh, you know, the you know, four to three K range or the three K range. Um, I don't have interest, but it, how weird is it that Allen Robinson is thirty eight hundred dollars? I, I, I'm not playing him, but if you told me before the season started that consensus third-round pick Allen Robinson uh, in season-long leagues would be $3,800 at some point on DraftKings this year, I would have told you you're crazy. I I would be a liar if I didn't say that I have been monitoring his situation this week. <laughs> <laughs> and if he somehow were to play, that I wouldn't have at least a, a marginal interest in a matchup against the Giants. It wouldn't. It would be very small. It would probably be like you know one or two lineups that I would throw him in there because uh, I don't know. It, it would just be this. It would just be so uh, twenty twenty one, or I guess at this point it'd be twenty twenty two for Allen Robinson just to all of a sudden have a big game out of nowhere and have zero ownership, and he's only thirty eight hundred dollars. Um, but no, I mean, there's there's no points that pointing to saying that he's a great play, especially when we get the reports that he would lost ten pounds. Uh, yeah. So, I guess other than, probably the only guy down in this range, like below four K, Zay Jones kind of stands out. He's got seventeen targets in the last two weeks, uh, and you can you can throw on Indy um, as well. They're, they they don't defend the deep the deep passes very well, uh, and we've seen him kind of. You know, he Derek Carr has taken a liking to Zay Jones, so thirty nine hundred is, you know, I don't hate it. Well, and that's the, the other guy I was going to bring up was, uh, you know, Antoine Wesley, the same guy I just talked about. The last two weeks, he has seen twelve targets. Um, you know, here at eight and against uh, against Detroit, uh, four against Indy, which is wasn't as good there. But he also could have had a touchdown, uh, a, a second touchdown there. He targeted multiple times in, in the red zone. And he's only 3,600. They've been targeting him. Now, I don't think he has an incredibly high ceiling, but at 3,600, he doesn't need to do a lot. He catches one of those touchdowns. And, you know, uh, you know, kind of like what he did last week, you know, with, with even, you know, 12, 14 fantasy points, something like that, depending on what you're wanting to do. Uh, if you're looking for some salary relief at 3,600, I will say that with Rondell Moore back this week, but I believe Rondell Moore played week 15 whenever he saw eight targets in that game as well. And, you know, I, I believe Rondell Moore was active. I know Rondell Moore was out this past week. But he, um, against Indy. But regardless, I still think Antoine Wesley uh, at thirty six hundred dollars, somebody that like completely uh, I was caught off guard by, uh, was not expecting, and then I played a lot of him last week in the two game slate, and he, he's somebody that that uh, that um, Kyler Murray has been looking for, and really almost made a really really nice catch at the end of that game, mm-hmm. uh, just didn't get there. But anyways, that's kind of it. Like there's nothing that really stands out to me uh, other than that. And even that, I still think, is probably a pretty thin play. I don't think it's ne- as ne- really necessary to, to get there. But Yeah, on a 14-game slate. And, I, you know, I would love to talk about, like, Tyler Johnson. But, man, I mean, there's Scotty like, Miller. <laughs> Tyler Johnson, good old zero targets last week. Big old goose egg. Yeah. Yeah, because Scotty Miller, he's a deep threat. So, like, when he catches one, I mean, he absolutely could, could have one catch for 50 yards and a touchdown uh, and score you, you know, 13 fantasy points. But – I mean, again, that's you. That, at that point, you're you're hoping for light to catch lightning in a bottle, and that's just to get you know 13 points. 
So I, I think it's I think it's too thin, even even if playing the Jets. I mean, Josh Palmer maybe, uh, maybe an option. He's probably like the number three wide receiver for the Chargers, especially with Mike Williams. He's coming back from COVID. You know, same kind of thing. Guyton's back deal. too. Guyton's back, yes, but you know, Josh yeah. Palmer, so, uh, fifty. Uh, you know, if one of those guys were, were were out, then I would have more interest in him. But other than that, I don't really think there's there's a whole lot here. I mean, we haven't. Thankfully, with the change in the COVID rules, we've got a lot of these guys back and. Um, it seems like it's died down a little bit. So that is also a positive. So it's not really impacting. So let's just go ahead and jump over to tight ends, which is going to be super interesting because you have just elite, elite Mark Andrews. A new thing at the top of the tight end list. Yes. When's the last time it hasn't been Kelsey or Kittle? I, it is It is odd seeing that. It is odd. Um, but you have Travis Kelsey at 7,300, Kittle at 71, Waller, who was placed on the the COVID list? So uh, and what, dealing with that other issue, anyways. So he's sixty three hundred, but I don't think he's going to play. Uh, Gronk at sixty two hundred, Kyle Pitts at fifty nine hundred, Dawson Knox is fifty five, Gesicki is fifty three hundred, Zach Ertz is fifty two hundred, Dallas Goddard is fifty one hundred, and Dalton Schultz is five k. So, one, if you're going to pay up a tight end, which one are you going to target? Is it going to be Mark Andrews? Is it going to be Kelsey? Is it going to be Kittle? Or I guess Gronk, I guess, kind of fits that. But uh, which tight end do you have the most interest in? Oh, man, it's so tough. Uh, I would love to say Kittle, but I just don't know with Trey Lance what he's going to do. Uh, I, I just can't confidently, you know, project him for a ceiling game here. Um, as, as good as the matchup is against Houston, against tight ends. But seventy when you pay seventy one hundred dollars for a tight end, I mean you pretty much need that thirty point game. Uh, and, and at this point, I mean with Kelsey coming back off off COVID, we just saw Tyreek play limited snaps. Uh, we, there's uncertainty with Kittle's involvement with Trey Lance. Um, I mean at this point, Mark Andrews it has asserted himself as the alpha tight end uh, at the top of of you know the fantasy leaderboard. So. As crazy as it is at 7,400, if I was paying up, I think I would just play Mark Andrews. Um, I don't, I mean, we've seen these tight ends, these big tight ends play the Rams, and Jalen Ramsey will occasionally end up on them, but it's not, you know, a situation where, you know, Jalen Ramsey's just going to cover Mark Andrews over and over and over again. So I'm not necessarily worried about, you know, Mark Andrews' ability to, to, you know, catch passes here. I mean, you would think if that was the case, somebody over the last three weeks would have done that to stop him. <laughs> and I mean, he's got 11, 13, and 10 targets. He's gone for 30, 32, 39, and 30 DraftKings points over the last three. So uh, at some point, I guess he's going to fall off that cliff because it, it's not sustain, sustainable to score 30 DraftKings points every single week. But um, I mean, he's he's the guy you, you feel really good about paying up for. But if I'm going to pay up even a little bit, uh, I think I'm just going to play Gronk at 6,200. I mean, the Gronk double touchdown game is coming, and what better week to do it than against the New York football Jets? So I know I was on Gronk last week, and he didn't do anything. Um, he had three points against Carolina, only saw two targets. But, I mean, the weeks before that, you're looking at 8, 9, 8, 9, and 11 targets, and I think we get back to more of that, uh, you know, 8 to 10 target range for Gronk this week. Uh, especially if Mike Evans is somewhat limited due to, you know, coming back off COVID and, and having conditioning uh, question marks and uh, de- also dealing with that injury that he sustained to his hamstring uh, the same game Godwin got hurt. 
Uh, and and AB, he didn't practice yesterday as well, or I'm sorry, today as well. And he had that injury before he got suspended. So uh, definitely some some situations there to monitor. Gronk is the healthiest pass catcher that they have at the moment. $6,200 against the Jets. If you told me Gronk caught two touchdowns against the Jets, I absolutely would believe you that that, that happened. So uh, I really like Gronk this week and think that he is the guy that I'm going to pay up for. Um, as far as paying down, I think Goddard's interesting. It's not really a pay down, but 5,100. Uh, we just saw him absolutely demolish this Washington defense two weeks ago, uh, 135 yards, didn't score a touchdown, still scored 24 fantasy points. So he scored you a touchdown there and, and you're looking at another 30 burger, which he, uh, he was able to do with Minshew at QB against the Jets. Um, so Goddard's interesting. He definitely has a ceiling here. Outside of that, I'm not sure I'm going to get to any of these cheapies this week. I guess Foster Moreau is interesting still if if Waller's out. Uh, he's been getting, you know, a handful of targets each week and, and absolutely has the ability to catch a touchdown. So you could be looking at like a 15 to 17 point game with, with Moreau if he's able to score a touchdown for you. Uh, and Indy. They're one of the worst at defending the tight end. So definitely a possibility there. Um, but below that, I mean, you're you're the uh, the famous dumpster diving tight end guy. So uh, is there anybody down that's cheaper than uh, Moreau at 3,800 that you're looking at? I still think Brevin Jordan is in play. It's a, I mean, yeah. I've talked about him so many times, but he's still yeah. only 2,800. Um Continues to see. I mean, the last three games that he's played set are four, seven, and four targets, which four targets isn't a ton. But I mean, uh, last week, four catches, 56 yards, scored 9.6, 12.6 before that. I mean, but at $2,800, I mean, that's not going to, you know, that doesn't kill you um, and allows you to fit in some other things. But uh, if you're going to pay down, I think him at $2,800 makes, does make uh, quite a bit of sense. Um, if, if you're wanting to pay a cheap, uh, Ricky Seals Jones at 3300 we always want to target. Uh, uh, Eagles uh, with, with, with a tight end, and Ricky Seals-Jones is only 3,300. Um, only saw one target to get last week, but the, the last time these two teams played, he saw seven targets in that game. Uh, and that was with, what, uh, was that Garrett Gilbert or whatever at quarterback, uh, I believe. And so in, in that game, yes, that was the game that um, uh, Heineke missed. And uh, I think Garrett Gilbert was the quarterback um, in that game, yeah. But he's only $3,300, so I think he is in play. I think Cole Komet, I think, is an interesting option at, at $3,400. Um, he has started to see a rise in targets as well, um, really over the last five or six weeks of the season. So I think he's still pretty cheap at $3,400. So if you wanted to go him, I think that is another direction that you could go. But – and then I think – uh, and then Zach Ertz at 5,200. I mean, the, the guy mm-hmm. uh, has 13 targets last week, 11 targets the week before that. But, I mean, he's not doing a lot with them, though, either, I will say, because he hasn't found the end zone. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week 11. So that does limit him a little bit at $5,200. But I think he could get there against Dallas. Um, and you have Dalton Schultz, who's only 5K as well. He has scored 20-plus DK points a lot two of the, uh, each of the last two weeks. If I'm going to pay up a tight end, if I'm going to pay up in the seven, I mean, really, obviously, it's it's hard to, to get away from Mark Andrews. But I will say with Kelsey, the only thing that I would say with them is that Cincinnati has been really bad against tight ends this year. They allow, I believe, the fourth most or fifth most uh, DK points to the position. Uh, 997 uh, receiving yards, seven touchdowns on the year for 
uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. So I mean, th- that is one weakness that they have definitely had. And so, uh, you know, if, if it's, I think for me, it's going to come into ownership uh, if, if I'm going to pay up for one of these tight ends, because I think all of them hold a very similar ceiling, right? All of them could get you 40. Um, and they're all probably have at least decent to safe floors. I think uh, Trey Lance is probably, if Trey Lance starts, it probably really hurts Kittle. But um, if not, I think between the three of these guys are all right here with each other. I think it's going to really play off of, of ownership for me. They're all 5%. They're all, uh, Ertz, Ertz and Gronk is, is the chalky tight ends. That's okay. If yes. Gronk is chalk, I will have. And when I say chalk, he's at eleven uh, percent. Okay, that's not Ertz bad. Ertz is twelve, so it, tight end is pretty spread out. So uh, yeah, it's Ertz at the top at, at thir- twelve to thirteen uh, percent. Gronk's at eleven, and then everybody else is is eight or lower. With Kelsey, Andrews, and Kittle all at the five to six percent range. So it's uh it's not when I say chalk, it's not really high enough that it's like concerning. You know that I, that I would fade him like. Like Antonio Brown, thirty-seven percent. God, any anything can go wrong with that situation. I mean, he can he can get hurt on on the in the first quarter, and thirty-seven percent of teams are dead. I mean, it's football, right? Like anything can happen. So, eleven uh, percent isn't uh, isn't too high to where I'd. No, it's not. Yes, that, yeah, that's not bad at all. But yes, uh, the three big boys are are not not high end. Well, then that changes things. So then I would probably just have – I would probably just split up some ownership between Andrews and Kelsey. Um, if I if I have to take a stand on one versus the other, I probably would lean towards Mark Andrews. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I, it, uh, I don't the, know only, the only thing that concerns me with Kelsey is just the COVID stuff, him coming off the yeah. COVID list. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that and, you know, what, what condition he's in, you know, is he fine or whatever. Now – if it's just completely healthy, Travis Kelsey, I would go Travis Kelsey. Yeah, the thing too, well, the like the Tyreek situation, thinking about you know like how the Chiefs handled it. Um, I mean, Tyreek pretty much came off the list and then played like what the next day, right? Yeah, it, yeah, that was completely different. Yes, this is a yeah. completely different situation. So Kelsey's had a full, you know, full blown week, and he's practicing in full, which is a good sign. And I, I guess I would assume that Kelsey's going to operate as normal here. With that and with that, I, I would probably lean towards Kelsey. I would I would probably lean Kelsey as well. Yeah. So yeah. especially now if Lamar, if Lamar plays, like I, uh, if Lamar, oh, Lamar looks up, horrible. There's no there's no shot he plays. I, I you're right, but I I don't know I don't know he may be able to talk him his way into getting into playing. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, he was, he was DMP today, right, Lamar? After that video came out of him yesterday basically looking like he was on a pogo stick getting down the field. Yeah. He didn't practice. Limping. Yeah. 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 So I think it's going to be Huntley, which I, I, is I, good I, for Andrews, but yes. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump over to tight ends. We've already, we're at an hour and a half. All right. Uh, we we'll have to get away from us, but this is such a huge slate. Um, so at defense, I, I don't know, like nothing at the bottom, like really stood out to me. At least I like, the real bottom of the barrel options this week that that typically would. Um, is there anything for you that just that's just an obvious like uh, something? Because I do think if if Trey Lance played, I would have a little bit of interest in Houston. Yeah, I mean, even then they're still twenty six hundred. But other than that, like the Falcons against Buffalo, I mean, not yeah. really. 
the Jets against Tampa Bay. No, the Lions against. No, I guess the Lions. The Lions was the other one that really kind of stood out to me, especially with. Yeah, yeah. But I just don't know how much they throw the ball, so I think that would kind of limit them of, of, what, of what they're yep. really able to do. Um, I know it's not. I know we don't pay up, but I, I probably am just going to do what I can to get to the thirty-two hundred dollar Bears at home against the Giants and in, in that god awful weather. And again, I mean, the Giants could just run the ball and do very short passes and and you know not make mistakes, but. Uh, if the Bears are able to get any sort of a lead and the Giants have to throw, I mean, the Bears are one of the the they they have one of the best adjusted sack rates uh, on the year. And I mean, if you look at the offenses that the Bears have had to play uh, since Week Five: uh, Vegas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Detroit, uh, Arizona, Green Bay, Minnesota, and Seattle. I mean, like. That is a gauntlet of offenses that you're playing against there. And, I mean, they still have one of the uh, best uh, adjusted sack rates in the NFL. So, I really like the Bears. If salary wasn't a thing, I would probably just pick them anyways. Um, And with none of these super cheap options standing out, I may just get to them. But I also will say if I need the $400, like, really badly, I don't hate the Giants on the other side of that game, too, at $2,800. No, I don't. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think it's crazy. Um, I will say, if Carson Wentz wasn't able to make it back, the Raiders are twenty seven hundred mm. against yes. Sam fucking Ellinger. Yeah. I think would make some sense. Lock uh, button. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, you know the Chargers, I think would be interesting too at home against Drew Lock. Drew Lock, you know, it has that. That uh, I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna chuck it here. Uh, mentality, and so the charge with their defense, Joey Bosa should be back. So the pieces they were missing last week should be back for, for this week. So uh, they're only thirty one hundred. I think I, I could see myself doing that as well. But other than that, there's not really any like really super obvious pay down options. If I had to choose one, it probably would be the Lions at twenty four hundred against Seattle. Um, I don't think they have an incredibly high ceiling. I don't think there's something that's going to be able to you know has any sort of path to like fifteen twenty. But like we've seen with them for the most part this year, I mean six eight. Uh, five, four. I mean, it's, it, like, if I can, if as long as they're not like killing me, um, I, I don't, I don't really hate it either. I think they could be at least be, you know, if they can get me six, eight, you yeah. know, I'm not mad about that. Yeah, if I, I, I agree, I, I would be fine with punting with the Lions. If I had to pick, I'd probably just pick Washington. If I was, if you made me punt, um, I mean, with the running back injuries they're dealing with, you know, maybe Hurts has to throw the ball a little bit more uh, than they typically want to. And, you know, we've seen Hurts make mistakes and and have turnover-worthy plays uh, through the air. So, uh, and they just, I mean, two weeks ago scored seven points against Philly, too. Um, and Washington is a pass funnel defense. So, if Philly wants to run the ball with, with you know, hurt running backs, uh, and then they get into, you know, a lot of third and long situations where they have to throw, um, I mean, turnovers can happen there. So, Washington would be probably my, kit, my pick, but I'm, I'm good with the Lions, too. Okay, well, that pretty much sums up this slate. Uh, went a little bit longer than we normally do, but before we do, we know we have to build this lineup that we build every single week for DraftKings. So, Maddie, where are we starting? After the heater that you've been on, and like we've both turned around our seasons ever since you started going first, 
You're no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna allow my, me to pick first. You have to. You have to start us off. All right. You don't have to pick a QB, but you got to start us off. Brand AJ Brown. All right. Well, if you're going Brown, I'm gonna go Waddle. And then we're gonna play Swift and David Montgomery. Just do it. I know you want to. What? What's that? The old forty-eight hundred dollars. Yeah, but I don't know if he's gonna play. Because I know Garoppolo said that he felt confident he was gonna be able to return this week. Yeah, with a grade three UCL tear in his right thumb. That sounds that, that sounds real confident. If if Garoppolo starts, I will be playing the Houston defense. <laughs> Not kidding. Not kidding. All right. I'm going to lock in Stafford. All right. OBJ. Hmm. Let's go Lions D. Uh, Michael Gallup, por favor. Leaves you $3,600 for a tight end. It's gross down there. The other option, I guess, would be to change OBJ to Van Jefferson, and then you get a 4K tight end. But I'm not sure that the the gap – I'd rather just play OBJ, to be honest. Yeah. There's no tight end at 4K that really, you know, I guess Moreau is fine, but it's not like he's going to score 25 points. What if we played Brevin Jordan at tight end? And then that left 5,600 at flex. Is there anything else that would stand out there? I'd rather just play the Bears at defense and keep Gallup. Fuck it. That's what we're doing. Uh, no no money left remaining. So we have Stafford, DeAndre Swift, Montgomery, A.J. Brown, Waddle, Odell, Brevin Jordan, Michael Gallup, and the Bears D with zero remaining salary. We're going to lock that SOB in. I like that lineup. Yeah, that one's that one's fun. It's definitely unique. The AJ Brown Waddle mini stack is going to be so like nobody's going to play that. I like that a lot. I'm looking forward to rooting on Brevin Jordan again. <laughs> All right, I love it. that one has been locked in. So uh, you know, other than that, you know, I guess I guess you haven't even mentioned it. I guess it is New Year's Eve. Are you doing anything for New Year's Eve? Nope. I have a, a pregnant wife, so that's that's pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's when you that's when you make them drive, and then you just you, you know they're, they're the DD, and then you can. You're not it. wrong, but no, nah, we don't have we don't have any plans this year. It's probably smart, to be honest with you. I don't yeah. I don't really go do anything anymore. I'm, uh, I just you know stay home and chill. Probably watch the uh, you know the uh, college football playoffs. Yeah, it, I don't even know. I mean, I don't. I mean, I typically stay up late, but I, I can't tell you last time I like sat down and watched the ball drop. And usually my wife's asleep by then. <laughs> she goes to bed super early. So it's like, hooray, I'm up watching it, you know, just chilling by myself. But cause we don't, we typically don't do much for New Year's. I mean, we've gone out, you know, when we were, you know, a few years ago with friends and stuff, but just kind of gotten to that point where, you know, it's cheaper and less of a hassle to stay in than it is to go out. 
Yeah, and it's such a train wreck. Uh, like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. You definitely have to get an Uber. Uh, there's and yep. but Uber marks the shit up. Like Uber or a hotel room where you can just walk from the bar to the hotel. Yeah. Yes, because it is because Uber's is about costs as much as a hotel room on New Year's. Yes, they do. And so, yeah, it's it's just Surge it's is crazy. It's just not. I'm not about that life anymore. Um. So yeah, I, I will not be doing anything. But I will say this: I don't know if anybody else, especially like in the chat, felt this way either. Was like not having the NFL today. Normally, I'm like I hate Thursday night games, but not having Thursday night, I'm like, oh my god, it takes forever to get to the NFL. Like without without the Thursday night wrong. game, dude. And and also, I was looking for uh, uh, today. It's finally the 31st, but uh, I was looking for another excuse to lower my taxable income on DraftKings. So. <laughs> uh, I needed another slate to just throw a shit ton of money at, and you know, when if you win, you win a win a lot of money, and if you lose, you you know, you you lower your taxable income. So that's what I was hoping for uh, to have today, but we do not have that. So maybe you know, maybe maybe I just need to play a ton of NBA tomorrow and give give some money back. <laughs> I might play NBA tomorrow. Like, it felt like really weird not having the or not having the NFL and not having a game on this week. Like, it just makes it – like, it makes a week feel like it's so much longer because it's like, okay, you had two days, you got a game. Then after that, you got another two games, and then you got, you know, NFL Sunday, you got Monday, yep. you know. And hell, next week we don't even have Monday because we're going to be rolling into, you know, the last week. Yep. And then, but I will say that I was looking at – we uh, you know, uh, I will say this too. Like, normally week 18, like when it comes to DFS too, it's usually pretty gross because a lot of teams are sitting a lot of their starters. I don't think we're going to have that this year. There are so many teams that are bunched up that, that have stuff to play for that I don't think that's going to happen. And not not only – well, that, but also with how they've changed kind of the, the playoff situation. You've got 14 teams that make it now. It's seven and seven, and only the top one seeds – on each side, get a buy. So two through six, uh, you know, or two through seven have to play. Um, and with that being said, I mean, the the number two seed who, you, you know, normally has, you know, maybe has a comfortable uh, lead and, and can, can kind of sit on a first round buy, you know, they're tr- trying to take away that buy from the first, uh, first overall seed uh, this year. And and like you said, the NFC is really bunched up. I mean, there's a lot of 10 and, 10 and 5, 11 and 4 teams sitting right there together. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to have a ton of starters sitting this year, which is interesting. For, even the AFC, there's only one team in the AFC so far that's clinched the playoffs, and that's the Chiefs. And, like, if, if Tennessee, Tennessee is really the only team, I mean, I guess if the Chiefs lost out, that would change. But, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, for the Chiefs to clinch the first-round by – this week, you need Tennessee to lose and the Chiefs to win. Then they would clinch. Mm-hmm. No other team could catch them. Then I would say, okay, yeah, they're one team that could probably rest their starters, right? Next week, and they play the Broncos next week. Um, but that's it. That's the only scenario. If, if the if the Titans win, even if the Chiefs win, they're still going to have to play their starters because they're going to have to beat Denver to be able to get that first round by. On the NFC side, the, you have the Packers, who – uh, I guess they. I think they're. I mean, they're in a very similar situation that they're. They're going to have to play obviously their starters this week, and for them to be able to sit their starters next week, well, I'm not sure exactly what the tiebreakers are for them, but I, I mean, it's going to be kind of the same thing. You have like three, what three teams that are all sitting there with only four losses that that, that could steal a spot from them. So I mean, again, um, you know, unless all those teams lose this week, that's about the only way they're going to be able to clinch. And so, like, it's pretty interesting 
with that, that we're pretty much going to have everybody on the slate. Like normally week 18 or week 17 years past for DFS, it's always like, let's play really light. You're going to have so much uncertainty. Yeah. Like this week, it, this this next week does not feel that way. Um, at least for me. At least that's what I was yeah. looking at. Especially too, because you got the Bengals playing Kansas City. So that's, you know, a potential future playoff matchup. And you've got Arizona and Dallas who are playing each other. Uh, so that's you know two four or four of the the top teams on either side playing each other this week. Uh, so that's definitely going to affect those two games will affect you know how the playoffs shake out uh, the seeding. Um, so yeah, I I agree. I think week eighteen is going to be fun. I haven't looked at any of the matchups yet. I'm surprised. Uh, you, I'm surprised I you have it. But I have. I have. Oh, me you have. Well, actually, when me and Walido got off the show last night, made him talk for a while. And we were looking at some of that stuff. Uh, that's where it kind of got me thinking about all this. And okay. the matchups there are for next week are like there's really only like two games where like there's like teams in a game that that, that will have nothing to play for. That the teams are out. Like there's really only like, I think it was like two or three games total of the 15 game slate, or I guess 16 game slate. But one of those games is going to come off. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a Sunday night game. But regardless. No, I do think DraftKings should just make it one slate. Just make it uh, the main slate should be include the Sunday night. They should. Yeah, they won't, but they should. No shot they do, but yeah, that would be. <laughs> and then we'll be on to what one of my favorite time of the years, and that's the NFL playoffs. Uh, NFL playoff DFS, and I swear to God, if DraftKings does something stupid and makes it a uh, you know many uh, main slates on Saturday, Sunday, and then the Monday showdown for the wild card weekend, I'm going to be real upset because uh, that would really frustrate me. They'll probably have both. I'm just curious which one they're going to cater to with the bigger contests. They need to make it just Saturday, Sunday, like always. Leave the sun, leave the Monday night game. Monday showdown. Have. Yeah. Yes, that's showdown, and 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 do it like they always do it with Saturday and Sunday because there's so much. It's you. There's so many pivots and everything else that you can make. But you know, from the Saturday to the Sunday slate, where you're kind of looking at all your team, make some changes, and then let's be honest, people are still going to play just the Sunday only slate. You know, to get more action, all their all their dead lineups. I, I need to put more money in here, you know, and get some different, you know. So that's all. Anyways, we're just rambling now. I so with all that being said, I, I think there is, uh, you know, we still have a lot of good f- football left. So I hope everybody has a great week. I hope everybody has a great weekend. I hope everybody has a great New Year's Eve. If you do go out, you know, hey, try to stay safe. You know, take an Uber. You know, don't drive. Yep. I'm not your dad, but DUIs cost a lot of money. Just not worth it. Pay the 30, 40, 50 bucks it is for an Uber or walk. Uh, it's just Or call somebody. And if you're in Kansas City, call me. I'll come pick you up. I ain't got nothing going on. But, you know, I'll start. Hey, five bucks. Five bucks trip. I'll take you wherever you want to go in the metro area. There you go. Uh, and we'll talk about DFS the whole time. With that being said, I hope everybody has a good weekend. We will be back live Saturday night. We are going to do what is called our annual free-for-all where we literally drop the, the show link into the chat for you to jump onto the show with us to join us talk uh, we're going to talk about well obviously talk about fantasy football fantasy championships for this weekend it's a big weekend for all the redraft guys out there so but if you have star sit questions you want to talk about the nfl you want to talk about music you want to talk about tv shows movies whatever we don't care this night to kick it with everybody you know, right before you know, uh, everybody recovering from New Year's Eve and getting ready for the fantasy championship. That's what we're going to do. It'll be Saturday night about nine o'clock central, like we always do. Same time we go live. We'll go live Saturday night. It, we did it. We did it last year, and I'm not going to lie to you. We were a little nervous because we're like, man, I hope we don't get somebody with a dick pic or something. Just dick all on the screen. You know, 
you just don't know what you're going to get. Luckily, we did. We did have somebody that was laying in their bed with their shirt off. So when they first came in, we're like, whoa. And we're like, okay, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> he was cool. He didn't have any of those issues. But other than that, it was actually a lot of fun. Just bring random people on, talk about whatever. You know, they would ask questions about, like, you know, process stuff, whatever, answer questions. Or then they would answer questions. So it's a lot of fun. And it's unique. It's not something that a lot of people do. And you can just jump on with us and just have a good time. So it will be tomorrow night at 9 Central. Uh, you know, and, you know, it'll, or not tomorrow night, I should say. It should be Saturday night. So come join us, RC, RC Cola in the chat. Come join us. You know, you've been here all year. Come join us. Kick it with us. Walido probably will jump on. I don't know if Matt, what Maddie's going on Saturday night. Maybe if he wants to jump on for a little while. Might be able um, to make that work. It, it'll be a good time. You know, have some beers, you know, whatever. Hang out. So, anyways, with that being said, I hope everybody has a good weekend. Let's win some fucking money this weekend. Be sure to jump into our free Discord. It's absolutely free. DFS, Redraft, whatever. You can jump in there. Uh, we can talk about some of, that, some of that stuff as well. But other than that, I hope everybody has a great weekend. And we are let's win some money this weekend. Have a great holiday. We'll see you next week for the Week 18 slate. We out. We out. Think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the ball bounces. I see what you got, inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. Yeah, that's a break, little man. Break it down. You're a big man <laughs> I treat you like you're a little man Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.